0: Praise the Lord, everybody. We're, uh, we need to pray tonight for the Lord to use this word to, to our hearts. And I'm uh, really wrestling with even preaching it tonight. I've been talking to the Lord about it. And so we're going to talk about America in prophecy and uh, so before we're seated can we just uh, can we just lift our hands together and let's pray and ask the Lord to anoint the word tonight. Father we thank you because we know that you hold the nations in your hand we thank you Lord because you're coming soon we know that and Lord we're trying to reconcile our understanding of what what your judgment will bring, Lord. We ask you to give us strength. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing. Instead of you standing for a long reading, I'm going to read a little from a, uh, a Revelation chapter 17. If you have your Bibles, turn there, although I'm not going to be... Reading from the King James, I'm going to read a little from a a translation that's more like a a paraphrase. Although the translator, I I know him, and I used to work at the same company, and he's a brilliant. He also graduated from Wheaton College, same same school I went to. I studied Greek there, and and uh, he studied Greek there. He was just uh, way more famous than I am. And so he um, he's translated Revelation 17 and 18. And uh, in order, maybe this will help me to uh, not be so emotional about what I'm going to be talking about tonight. Because I, I, I don't think that people really, I think that you do. But I think that people are just eating, drinking, and having a good time. They don't—they don't really believe the Lord is coming, and so—and um, I think America is very much in danger because she has left her love for God and has become a what some people call a secular nation now they they laugh about taking the Bible out of schools and our schools have become, many of them have become uh, playgrounds for everything imaginable. And uh, so America is uh, in trouble and the world is facing the judgment of the Lord. And you say, why why do you think that? Well, because the Bible teaches that at the end of the age or at the end of uh, time, we sometimes say, we, the Bible refers to it as the end times or, or even more often the last days. Now, it's not the end of everything because heaven goes on, God goes on, the church is raptured and all of that. But the Bible calls it the last days so or the end. I, I usually call it the end times. And I believe we're in them for because of the signs that are all around us. The Bible tells us that there'd be certain signs. Like if you want to get to Chicago, you you follow the signs, and and uh, you, if you're driving, and uh, signs point you and tell you where you are, and that that's what the Bible intended for it to be. That we would and we could. We're not really dealing with that tonight, but we're dealing with the. Uh, uh what the Bible refers to as Babylon Mystery Babylon. I've been reading this week a new book. I don't know, I don't know exactly when it was written, but I think it was written a couple months ago by this fellow who's uh, a decent guy. He's not a Pentecostal and he he believes that Babylon in the book of Revelation, which we're gonna talk about if we can, that's what I want to do. I'm, the more I deal with it, the harder it is for me to teach it. But <clears throat> Babylon uh, was an ancient nation, of course, and it's gone. It's no, nowhere to be found now. We'll talk about that in a, in a moment. But So this fellow's name, I think it's Ron Rhodes is his name, and... I told the Lord I didn't want to read a bunch of books and, and them shape my mind. I wanted to read the Bible and come to an understanding myself. But uh, I saw this book and it was, I, I don't remember the exact name of it. I I could have brought it, but I, I didn't think to. <clears throat> I'm trying to calm myself down here because far too many people are convinced that uh, either there is no God or there is no uh, problem, nothing to worry about. Because you know, eat, drink, we got everything we want. In fact, part of the problem is that America has been so blessed, and I believe. and I know America's has sinned, is, has sinned, and and often repented. For example, we fought a, uh, a we fought a civil war to end slavery, so that was something. It doesn't uh, mean that. That America got rid of all of its racism because it certainly did not, but it, it certainly took steps to do the right thing, and i 'm proud to be an American it 's difficult for me to uh, to be concerned that America is going to suffer at the hand of judgment, and yet I do I do believe that it is. I believe America is is within moments of the judgment of God, and i 'm not saying this because there's a hurricane. Coming up the coast, it's got nothing to do with hurricanes, but the hurricane reminds us, of course, that things can change just like that, and that things can happen and and engulf us in just a moment's time. And so the Bible refers to this, and so I wanted to read a few uh, lines from this. I'll just call this a simplified translation. Uh, Revelation 17 and one, one of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and sp- spoke to me, come with me, I said, and I will show you the judgment that is going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. In other words, they've become an immoral people. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns, and blasphemies against God were written all over it. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. Why are you so amazed, the angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now. And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names were written in, are not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. So that's a very somber introduction to the question of God and the nations and America in in prophecy. Many times from this pulpit, I have cried out and said, America! America! Something like that. America! You must turn back to God. It's Sometimes we call that rhetorical. I'm speaking to no one. No one's listening. You're listening. The church is listening. But I'm speaking to a nation that needs God while they're playing and going about their business. But it's, it's even worse than this because... Many, many people who claim they know God and love God are filled with evil. So we're in a culture where sin is rampant and the church is drunk on uh, sin, let's say. And so it becomes a tremendous weight. And so I keep asking myself, Lord, is there any way that I could change my opinion that America is this nation? And so tonight I've approached this lesson and I'm not going to belabor it. If you don't like it, then you don't have to like it. I'm not asking you to like it. There's not going to be a vote. I'm not up for any kind of an election. But um, um, is it possible that, that there are hints or ex- some things here in, in Scripture which will help us to see that America is not the Babylon of the Bible? You're going to be amazed, the angel said. You're going to see a nation that is gone, and then it comes back. So I keep searching. For example, I find that Babylon is in the dust. So that nation can't come back. Now, Mr. Rhodes, whose book I referred to a moment ago, he says that Babylon... Well, in fact, let's let's turn there. Let's go to the first uh, slide, all right? So here we're looking at Daniel 2. Everybody say Daniel 2. Now, you can turn to that, and you can turn to Daniel 11. Um, and then I'm going to compare Scripture in 2 Thessalonians if, 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 if we want to. But, but the main thing on this visual is to, to make one, one point. So here in the uh, in the left side, by the way, the electricity has been going off all day long. We would, it would go off and cut all the power off, all the uh, air conditioning off. We would begin to wonder if we were even going to be able to have service. And then suddenly about 30 minutes before church, it came on and stayed on. And it's been on apparently so. But I'm assuming if that happens, we'll lose. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably lose everything, but. But here we are, and I just take that as the devil not wanting us to think about this tonight. All right, now, so here we have the great vision that Daniel had of this statue, and then he explains it in in Daniel chapter 2 that the head of gold is Babylon. Everybody say Babylon. And then the Bible tells us that this Babylon was here, and then it's gone. We just read that. I read it from a simplified version because I'm not trying to... I don't want to have to explain every detail. I just wanted to read it a little bit. So the head of gold was was Babylon. That was at the time of Daniel, and Daniel lived at that time. And then uh, the Lord shows Daniel. The, the king Nebuchadnezzar comes to Daniel and says, "I, I had a dream. I, I want you to tell me what this is." And, and he says, "Well, uh, the Lord is the Lord that uh, can give the answer to the dream." Has Said that it, this statue is uh, the, the all of time up until the judgment of God. This gold head is Babylon. The silver chest and arms are Persia. The the brass thigh are Greece, and then Rome are the legs of iron, which means that they get the nations become less and less. Uh, Let's just say, let, I don't want to explain that. The nations get, uh, they change as you go along. And when you get down here, you have come to the Roman Empire, which most of us think is the greatest of all the empires and except until the modern world. And yet the Bible says it's the exact opposite. You have gold up here, you come down, you get to Rome. Rome gets, it decays and decays. And then you get that to the very end. Now, many of us will say, well, the Roman Empire is gone. But Revelation says, no, the, the nations that comprise the Roman Empire are going to rise up again again just like Babylon is going to rise up again except the except now when we talk about Babylon we're not being told who it is We're called it's a mystery who is it it's a woman on the on the back of a beast and that beast is this empire right here revived everybody say praise the Lord I know I'm a little over I know I'm I'm, is everybody okay can I just talk to you a little bit so so people say uh, well, Rome is gone and Babylon is gone. Now, we know the, Na- the city of Rome is there. We're not talking about the city of Rome. We're talking about the, the spirit of the Roman Empire has been revived in the last days. And the Antichrist is going to come. This is one of my problems. I keep wrestling with if-, if the Antichrist is coming out of this iron and then it turns to iron mixed with clay. In other words, you can't mix iron with clay. How many know you can't do that? You just can't mix iron with clay. The point is that at the very end, the nations of the world are going to be so mixed up and so troubled. And Rome and and the Roman Empire and all that the Antichrist is trying to do is, is, is never going to work. Devil, you're a liar. You have no right to destroy our families. And come in and think that nobody matters except your kingdom. The devil's kingdom must come down. Does anybody know that's true? His kingdom must come down. And of course, that's exactly what's going to, that's what this picture represents right here. So he explains all that to the king. So, uh, so here's my first problem. I don't want America to be this, this revival of immorality. I don't want it to be America. America, I don't want you to suffer the judgment of God. I don't want our churches to become as ungodly as sinners. I I don't want it to be someone to speak the name of Jesus in one breath. You want to know the biggest curse word in America? They're all religious. They curse with religious terms. That's what America has become. And then we wonder, I wonder if the Lord is coming. I wonder if the Lord is coming. I'm telling you, folks, the Lord is coming soon. And we need to prepare ourselves. Let's, let's lift our hands and ask God to help us get our families ready. Lord, I pray revival will come. Lord, I pray that our hearts will, will not uh, let, don't let the world uh, uh, creep in and, and, and get us down. But Lord, let us serve you. So let me ask you something. Are you praying as much as you used to? Are you praying as much as you ever have? Are you doing things right now? I know sometimes you come to an understanding of something and you, you look at it and you say, okay, this is how I'll handle this. But are you doing things right now that you used to think were sinful? Are you, are you becoming less and less interested in the kingdom of God, more and more interested in the world? Uh, we need God to give us a fresh revival of the things of God. That's what we need. Our, folks, our city is lost. And they're going to hell. They're not, they're, they're not a maybe. They're, if you're not in the kingdom of God, then you're lost. And you're going to. When the Lord comes and you miss the rapture. Does anybody here believe in the rapture? How many of you believe in the rapture? Can I just see? All right. A, a couple of you don't. But most everybody here believes in the rapture. Well, if you believe in the rapture, then you have two options. Either the Lord is coming soon or he's not coming for a, you know, it's later on sometime. Now, I want to ask you just not to answer it. I I really wanted an answer. That was just kind of a rare moment. But if you believe the Lord is coming. And you just, of course, you just said you do. I believe it. and I believe this church believes that. then how could we lose our passion for the lost if we believe the Lord's coming? I mean, 20 years ago, I believed the Lord was coming. I preached it. I preached a sermon. I mean, 20 years ago, I can guarantee you, I was preaching the Lord is coming. Just like that. He's coming. I get teased a lot for this. People, In fact, I get it now from... Preachers who tell me, I don't know why you're so, uh, you know, hey, you know, go golf a while. Hey, get in a good golf game. I get I get told this. Why don't you golf a little bit? You, you feel better. Like I'm supposed to remedy my concern for lost souls with a golf game. Or or, uh, or oh, church, I want to tell you something. The Lord is surely coming again. And if he's coming again, then he has given us signs to see what's happening. Does I, what the question I have is do any of you look out there in the world and think, "No, the Lord's not coming." He's not coming. Everything's great. No problems. Almost everybody I talk to says, "The world is falling apart." What are we going to do? And yet we're the richest we've ever been. We've got more than we've ever had. I want to tell you the problem is we need to get closer to God than we have ever been. We need to get closer to God now than we have ever been. Praise God. So I'm I'm not going to get elected to the, you know, most loved preacher on earth. But I'm telling you the truth. I believe God wants to give the apostolic church of this age the greatest revival that we've ever seen before. And I think He's getting ready to do it. I believe that, do you, Brother French, do you believe that end time revival is compatible with the coming of Jesus? I've heard Him mention this more than once. And I certainly believed it all my life that even as the world is getting darker, the light begins to shine brighter and people can see their way out of darkness. Hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands together and thank God for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so let's talk about it theologically, because uh, I I can't I can't uh, hold your attention with just logic because I'm not talking logically. I'm speaking from a heart of. Of uh, grief, I think, is what's happening. I'm grieving. The more I think about it, the less I can bear it to think that America has turned to all the filth and the garbage that's around us. And and uh, instead of repenting and turning to the Bible, we've cast the Bible out and we're doing all these other things. So it is that. Uh, so let's look at a couple logical uh, and, and you think with me for a moment. So I I squeezed this. This I borrowed from a an artist. So that's not mine. I just borrowed it, put it there. Here's, he's got pictures like this. But that I, I squeezed in there because he doesn't say this. I'm saying it and I'm adding it in that when you get down here to the end of the world, which is down here to the feet and everything starts getting really messed up, you've got two. You've got two things going on, it seems to me. You have a Roman Empire. You have an Antichrist coming. How many have ever heard of the Antichrist? You've heard of the Antichrist? All right, so the Antichrist is going to come, and the Antichrist is going to have a government that he, he rules, and that government that he rules is going to take religious freedom away, and he's going to have a buddy called the, we, the Bible calls the false prophet, And those two individuals are going to have uh, the leadership of the religious and and governmental power of the entire world. Now, there are lots of things probably going to happen. Maybe I've often thought that there would probably be a nuclear something going on just about the time of the rapture. Otherwise, I don't know how to explain all the things that the Bible says are going to happen. It sounds like nuclear war. So some, probably uh, a nuclear exchange, it'll happen. It'll terrify the whole world, and everybody will, you know, kind of get shaken up. And the Antichrist will step up, and he will say, listen, I've got all the answers, and, and I'm this, and, I'm, and he'll, the world will say, oh, yeah, there he is. Let's clap, everybody clap your hands, and it'll be a big, big, uh, big party and all that. And the Antichrist will take over. So I, I think the Antichrist is living and in the world. I don't, I don't have any idea who it is, but he's going to take over. And, and that is what we call revived Rome. In other words, what I said a moment ago, that, that is Revelation 13. The, the Antichrist is going to come, and, and, and the Bible describes him as a beast, and, and, and we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment. And then the, the false prophet is described as a beast, a horrible, the spirit of that thing is so horrible that uh, that that false prophet is going to cause everybody in the world to worship the Antichrist. Not the first day, but but in, in the process of this ju- time of judgment, he's going to get the world to worship the, the Antichrist. And then there's also, though... As clear as a bell. Now, folks. Now, folks. I just want you to understand what I'm trying to say tonight. Uh, this is a little different. That as clear as a bell is. A, you know what I mean? Like you hear a bell. See what I mean? Just as clear as the ringing of a bell, or as clear as as a mountain on a clear day. You can see it right in front of you. There is another beast. There is another entity. And it is not the Antichrist. The Antichrist is coming out of Rome. The Antichrist is concerned with his, what he is doing. He cannot stomach the woman that is called the mystery Babylon. He hates her. That's Babylon revived. she has gone. I'm going to amaze the whole world. She's gone, but she's back. So Mr. Rhodes tells us that that's actual Babylon. That actual Babylon, the city in Iraq, is going to be rebuilt. and, uh, And it's going to become the world economic center of the entire world. And the Antichrist is going to live there. And he's going to rule the world from Babylon. Well, I got news for Mr. Rhodes. That would take a very long time. Does anybody... Let's look at this for a minute. Go to, uh, go to the next slide. I, I was going to read Daniel 11, but you, you can see I'm not interested. I'm trying to get out of my system the fact that I, I'm not happy that America has turned its back on God. And even the church would be more interested in what Hollywood tells her than what God says to her. That's the kind of world we're in. I want to tell you, my friend, the church needs to prepare for revival. The church needs to ask God for revival. So ancient Babylon, here's a artist did this. Nobody's ever laid eyes on Babylon that's living it came from, uh, let's not get into the water, deep water here. So it goes way back, uh, about 2,000 years before Jesus. The, uh, so Babylon was first uh, 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 started, founded, and then it was destroyed. A lot of famous things, but I'm, I, don't, we don't, I don't care about it. And then, then about eleven hundred years after that, nearly about let's say a thousand years later, it had been just sort of wiped out. And then it was restored by the Chaldeans in six hundred, and and Nebuchadnezzar became famous. anybody ever heard of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon? anybody ever heard of that? Well, that's Part of the historical mythology about Babylon. Uh, It had what were known as the famous walls of Babylon, which I find amazing. But let's not deal with that. If you want to study the walls of Babylon, and I know you don't. All right. So we were down for the the walls. Uh, They were like uh, uh, just unbelievable. Then there was the most... In other words, they were quite a, uh, quite a civilization. And, and this, is the, this is the Babylon to which Daniel is brought when he is captured in Jerusalem and Jerusalem's destroyed. Daniel goes to Babylon. The king says, come over here, I had a dream. And there's this guy and his feet are clay and iron. And Daniel says, those are the kingdoms of the world. Those are the kingdoms of the world. And when you get to the end, oh king, it's going to be a revival of the spirit of Rome. It's going to, it's going to come back over in Europe. And that's me talking now. <laughs> Daniel never heard of Europe. It's going to be a revival of Europe. They're going to come back. And so uh, let, let's go to the next one. Uh, and, and then, of course, after Nebuchadnezzar, he, he was a nutcase and they... Uh, finally got rid of him, and then Babylon was destroyed. I'll show you a picture of Babylon. Here it is. This is a two-day, not not this day, but just just in the last little bit. That's a Google map. That's what's left of Babylon. All those things you see there, those aren't rooftops. That's dirt. Now, there are things, uh, for example, well, I'm not going to go into it. So they've... uh, they're excavating and have been since 18, uh, late 1800s. Uh, there's been a fascination with all things Babylon, and they've gone in and they've been excavating. And that's what you see there. That's the excavation of ancient Babylon. And this is what Rhodes, and there's his book. This is what Rhodes thinks. And, and, and I don't know uh, Ron Rhodes. I've read several of his books, but I, I, I respect him and I like him. But I, I sadly think that anyone who believes that that hunk of dirt is going to be ruling the world, that would take another 150 years minimum. If they could even, I mean, who is going to do it? Now, Rhodes says that it's going to be the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to go over there and say, I want Babylon to be rebuilt. I'm going to rebuild it. And then in a couple of days, they're going to rule the world. Well, that's just not likely. And nor is it necessary. Because he said Babylon is gone, but it is going. You're going to be amazed. But it's, how many knows it's not called Babylon anymore? It's called mystery. Everybody say mystery. Well, folks, now he makes a big joke of that, and I feel a little, I, I, I'll deal with that, in, not this year. Maybe after the Lord comes, we'll talk about that. But the idea that the word mystery means absolutely nothing, and, and it's in a certain case in the Greek and so forth, I hate, to, I hate to be the one to break it to him. But the argument doesn't hold not one drop of water. The idea that the case of the word mystery is not the same as the word Babylon. is because it wasn't meant to, uh, to go with the word Babylon. No one ever thought it was. But he's like, well, if you thought mystery uh, accented the word Babylon, then that shows you don't even know your Bible. Well, I, unfortunately, that's not the problem. The problem is that there is a mystery. And that is that in the end time, the world will suffer through all of this. And that God is going to introduce and demonstrate that there is now a brand new spirit in the world. And it is a leader of the love of money and the love of immorality. And that leader is going to sweep the world, and it's not that hunk of dirt you're looking at right there. If you got the Google, uh, Google, what's that called? Google Earth. If you did that right now, that's exactly what you would see. No antichrist is coming out of that, not for at least another generation, and maybe four or five. And that's just what the devil wants somebody to believe. I'm not saying Rhodes is. I think Rhodes wants to believe what's right. And he's thinking, well, it has to be Babylon. It has to be that actual Babylon. But it doesn't have to be that actual Babylon. It's not that actual Rome, Mr. Rhodes. Rome right now is just a city over there with the Vatican in it. The Rome that the Bible is speaking of is a revival of the mass of the Roman Empire, which we now call Europe. And that entire part of the world is organizing together and becoming a world leader. And the Bible says the Antichrist is going to rise up in the midst of that Roman revived empire. So it is. The ruins of Babylon. So that, that gives me a problem. Now, let's look at the next slide. This is what I've been trying to get to. And uh, everybody say, praise the Lord. We're not going to be lengthy, but we are going to take a few minutes here. Now, I don't know if you can tell what this is, but um, uh, this is a, uh, well, <laughs> it's a uh, graph. Let's call it a graph of the world uh, economic, the economic leaders of the world 140 years ago. And you'll see that number two is the United States. You may not can see it, but I'm going to point it out. So what this is showing is the richest countries in the world in 1880 was first China, then the U.S., And then India. But right here, in 1879, the U.S. became the first country other than China to ever surpass India. So in 1879, uh, the U.S. began to grow in such a way that was, uh, uh, of course, that's after the Civil War, as you know. And so India then is put in third place. And then, then you can see that the United Kingdom... And the United States are really not that far apart. And so you, so you see these particular facts. Uh, and then, so in order for countries to see economic power, they had to unite together. Now, let's go to the next slide. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. I, I'm going to have to get some moisture here because I'm, I'm so worked up. Now that's um, looks like a soccer ball, but that is a a rendition. This is different. I, I've never used this particular uh uh company that has I it was the only 2018 uh discussion of world riches that I could find. There's several companies, but uh for me to get a hold of it. On short order, this was the only one for 18. Obviously, we're in 2019. So last year, the, the, the countries of the world, uh, you can see that the vast riches of the world are in the United States. Other than that, of course, it's China. And then... Uh, Japan. Okay, I'm going to point to them. All right? Everybody say praise the Lord. All right, so what you're doing is you're looking at uh, the largest segments. Now this is not really a region. It's just all the other countries over here, they they put them down here. They're just, they don't even, they have no no riches whatsoever. All right, so, but these countries do. You have Germany, which is number four, and it, it grew a little bit last year. Here's China. It grew a little bit and the United States did not grow. All right. So the United States that, of course, this is for 17, but it's reported in 2018. Now, since 2018, the United States and China have been in a huge trade war. And so now China has gone down significantly. It's. Uh, economy is in serious, serious trouble at the moment. Because That's temporary. You say, brethren, what, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm trying to deal with the fact that America is richer. Germany is richer. China is richer than almost every other nation on the planet. And that the Bible says that the nation that controls, it says the city, everybody say city, so some people would say, well, it can't be the United States because the United States is not a city. And so that's that's good point and interesting. And so you've got to think about that. Of course, we all know that we talk about Rome. We don't just mean the city of Rome never did and never will. But but the point is that when you say the, the city, there's a city Babylon and that it's a mystery who it is. But here's the key. It's the. Nation that controls the economies of the world. It's the richest nation in all the world. Okay, now let's go back. Uh, Can you go back? Is that easy or hard? Okay, so when I go back, I can see that China used to be the richest nation in the world. So if I were preaching in 1880, so I told the Lord, now Lord, it's changed. The U.S. is pretty rich. In fact, the U.S. is very rich. In fact, the U.S. is now rich uh, w- way ahead. And if you go by, you're going to see when you get to the 2020 economic, uh, in other words, this is how much money that nation has. This is the, uh, the GDP, how much nation, how much money America has, how much money other nations have. If go over now to the next slide, cause, uh, I want to show you one more thing. So you can see these little places here. See, look right there. Look at that. How many can tell me what that is? That's the entire continent of Africa. They're not even on the list. They're not even a part. Now they're a region. They're one of the seven regions. That would be eight. But that's Nigeria. That's South Africa. That's uh, Egypt, up in the North Africa. So uh, you, they don't even. They're bar- they barely. Only three of the countries even have enough to even put on this study. That entire continent of Africa is though it doesn't exist in terms of money. And there's America with nearly 24%. So it's only varied in the last two years, but uh, two years ago. But now America has suddenly, are you listening to me? In the last year and a half, America's economic picture has shot up because China's has shot down. So there's this huge battle going on between these two largest nations in the world. So I'm trying to to figure out, here we are, seeing the signs that the Lord is coming. Is it possible? Somebody else? Is it a nation? Is it a city? Who in the world is this mystery Babylon? Could it be my beloved America that's turned its back on God? Is it possible that they would be a part of something as grotesque as the book of Revelation chapter 18? And so we find... That America is the economic capital of the world today. Now, if the Lord's not coming for 100 years, then we're all going to be buried and gone and we won't be answering this question. I don't I don't think I'm going to live to be 100. How how old am I now? So I'll be 163 in November. I'll be 64. So in 164, I mean, I'd be 164. The the chance is anybody think I'm going to make it to 164? See, I have a few hands. Some of my real close buddies. But uh, most people don't think I'm going to make it to be 164. And I sure don't think so, Sister French. So you're going to have to make it on your own. I'm going to be gone. In 164 years, I'll be gone. But, church, I want to tell you something. Anybody that's been handed the blessings America's been handed and walks away and says, no, thank you, Lord. You're not welcome in our schools. You're not. We don't even want you. There, there's a, there are, there's a rising resentment. I think most Americans. I'm not preaching against Americans. I think most. That means the vast majority of Americans are thankful for their religious heritage. They're just sitting back. They're scared. Many of you, as apostolics, you're afraid to even voice your opinions because you don't know what may happen or what the next, what the next. That may be. But I want to tell you what God wants us to do. He wants us to have revival while we can. Hallelujah. He wants us to have revival. Now, America, here's my problem. Here's my problem. America is sending missionaries and millions and millions and millions of dollars to touch other nations. And yet, it's a drop in the bucket to what they're spending. Listen. I didn't bring it up here. I'm not I'm not going to demean myself any more than what I've already done here. America is spending more on dog food than they are missions. That's what's happened to America. I don't think we need less church. I don't think we need to say, well, let's have a one, one-hour service on Sunday and then let's go have a good time. I don't think that's what we need. I think we need a Sunday morning. We need a Sunday night. We need a Tuesday prayer meeting. We need a Bible study. We need church. And we need revival. God is able to give us revival. You say, Brother French, are you proving? Are you proving yet that America could be the Babylon? Of Revelation seventeen and eighteen, no, no, I'm not proving it. I'm trying not to prove it. I'm doing everything in my in my in my strength to say, Lord, I spent all week long trying to find ways in which we can get out of the possibility that America, that has been blessed by the hand of God, is not going to suffer at the judgment of God because we have turned our back upon. Oh, I don't want to. Lord, I don't want it to be so. Let's lift our hands and let's ask God. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. All right. All right, I'm not watching the time, so just don't give me a break here. Now, let's go to the next slide. Now, let's look at another uh, way we can try to get America out of trouble. Uh, Lord, (laughs) if there's any way we can get them out of trouble, Lord. The only way we're going to change America is through the preaching of the word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. So we have this problem that the false prophet is a man. And Babylon, mystery Babylon, is a woman. And she's riding. She's, uh, she's on top, riding a beast with seven heads and ten horns. And this is repeated over and over and over. So let's look at the prophet. He's the religious guy. He causeth the earth to what? Oops, sorry. To what worship the first beast? He's a beast. Now this looks like a man. That's not how he's described in in this this chapter. He's described as a beast and says he. Does anybody remember what it says he looked like? Anybody remember? No. Okay. Well, I've been thinking about it all week, so it's fresh on my mind. It's not a common thing. Does anybody at all, I mean, just, do you remember what the Bible says he looked like? It's really shocking to me. Every time I see it, I want to just, I just want to get on my knees. The Bible says he looked like a lamb. He looked like a lamb. That's what he looked like. He's a hypocrite is what he is. They know how to look what they should look like. And then he causes the world because of the demonic power that's invested in him. Many people think this is a description. And I'm not. I've got to. Let's just not worry about what some other people are saying. What I'm saying is, is hard enough. All right. So to worship the first beast, which, of course, was the Antichrist, maketh fire come down from heaven So he caused the earth to worship him and then he makes the fire come down from heaven. Everybody say, fire from heaven. The only time this has ever happened, does anybody know when this has happened in the Bible? Elijah. This is a spiritual, this is spiritual. (laughs) This is spiritual, folks. On the day of Pentecost, what was on top of their heads? It was tongues of fire. He caused fire to come down from heaven. I want to tell you something tonight. God is going to give the church authority and power over every false voice, every false witness. Now, when He raptures the church, then all—it's all. Uh, it's all you're on your own, my friend. When the rapture takes place and the church is out of here, you're on your own. So he makes fire come down from heaven. Oh, oh, oh. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth, saying, Notice the ellipses I've cut a bunch out, that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword. Folks, this is the religious leader of the world. It's not the woman. It's not Mystery Babylon. I wish that were Mystery Babylon. I wish that were Mystery Babylon. But that is the false prophet. And that is the spirit that's in our world right now. I want us to pray that God will bind the spirit of the world that's keeping your loved ones from coming to God. I want you to pray right now and ask God to put a put his hand upon your loved ones. Lord, I pray like Job, a hedge of protection, oh God. I pray for loved ones in Jesus' name. I pray for revival. Lord, open the windows of heaven. Let the Spirit of God be poured out upon us. Lord, let the fires of heaven come down and may, this, may our friends and neighbors and loved ones see the reality of your glory and your power. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. And so he, uh, he says we're going to put a number in everybody's... This is the false prophet. I'm going to put, put we're going to put numbers on everybody and that's so cool. Look at that. Look at that's cool. That goes right with my iPhone, man. Look how cool that is. Yeah. Look at that. How much is that? How much is that suit? Hey, just there you go. Just send it to my office. That's that's the world of the the antichrist and and this guy. And the world's going to say he's he's got all the answers. Now let's, let's conclude here. Revelation 17. We're back, so we're almost done. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great harlot that sitteth upon many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Lord, when I'm done, I'm going to have delivered my heart. I'm doing the best I know. I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy. That's Hollywood. If there ever was a blasphemous, ungodly place, it's Hollywood. And they have marched into your children, our neighbor's children, with these same blasphemies. They said, joke, if you joke about it, it's okay. Okay. So they joked about it. And then next thing you know, they're doing it. She was decked with all of these things, having a gold cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. But upon her forehead was written, It was right there, Mystery. Lord, I I don't think I have the intellect or the ability to figure out mysteries. I'm not here claiming I can. But I think that this nation needs to take a look at what's written across their forehead. Mystery. Babylon the great. That's in the dust over there. What is this ruler that all the nations of the world are looking at her? Go to, we'll go to the next slide i will tell thee the mystery of the beast that carrieth her the waters where she sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and and tongues and the ten horns shall hate her that's the those are the kings of the of, of antichrist government they will hate her and i'm cutting out some of the words and shall make her desolate and naked and, and shall Eat her flesh. In other words, we're in the middle of the tribulation and all of this is about to happen. She thinks everything is just hunky-dunky. But they're going to, let's say, devour her, that great city that reigneth over the kings of the earth. And Of course, that would have to mean it, she reigns over them economically. She's the, she's the capital of all economic power. She can raise her military might and stop every nation in the, on the planet. Shoot a, a missile here and, and hit a man standing on a street in a distant nation somewhere. That, that's how much wealth that she has. The angel then, chapter 18, cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen through the abundance of her delicacies, come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven and God hath remembered her iniquities. Next slide. She saith, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. For no man buyeth her merchandise anymore. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment. Weeping and wailing. That's, that's why I put this nuclear cloud. The world's going to realize, whoa, look at the, oh my goodness, oh, I can't believe it. For in one hour, so great riches is come to naught. Who has that kind of riches? Who in the world could we be talking about? Saying, what city is like unto this great city? Let's, let's stand together, shall we? And the day of the Lord so cometh as the thief in the night for when they shall say peace and safety. That's not going to happen, Brother French. Don't worry about it. You're a little you're just worked up. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness That that day should overtake you as a thief. Wherefore, watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched. Therefore, be ye also ready. Could we just praise the Lord all across this sanctuary? Father, we thank you right now. We've been warned and we, we are ready. We're, we're getting our hearts ready. Lord, just don't let us drift off into a lazy spirit, Lord. Let us hunger for your power. Let us hunger for God. Hallelujah, Lord. Don't let us think that, hey, hey, we've done it. No, Lord, we haven't done it. We haven't done what you've called us to do. There's so much to be done. So many to be saved. Lord, I don't want my family to be lost. I don't want my neighbors to be lost, Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, draw America back, Lord, even if you have to take what we've got, oh, God. Lord, we don't have to have riches, but we have to make heaven, Jesus. Call America back, oh, Lord, I pray. I pray our churches will be filled. I pray that we'll get closer, not farther, Lord. I pray that we will reach out to you, Jesus, with all of our hearts. And we give you praise. Reach over to your neighbor, kind of pray for somebody there. We're kind of all by ourselves. Just kind of get, get kind of smile a little bit. I've been so heavy tonight, Lord. Right now, I pray for my neighbor, Lord. Just like I'm laying hands on my brother, my sister. That's how I'm praying for my neighbor. That's how I'm praying for Jonesboro. (laughs) Hallelujah! 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 I don't care what they think about me, Lord. I don't care what they say about me, Jesus. What I care about is the thief is coming. It's going to break in. It's going to steal. It's going to take people I love, oh God. And I need to be ready. I need to be ready, Jesus. Hallelujah. My grandchildren, they've got to be ready. I've got to do what's necessary, Lord. Whatever i got to do, whatever i got to sell, whatever I've got to get rid of, Jesus, help me. Thank you for every blessing. But I don't have to have blessings, <laughs> What I need, Lord, is the Holy Ghost. I need my neighbors. I need my loved ones. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I believe you want to pack this church out. I believe you want to save people that it seems impossible. I believe you want to draw the impossible to this altar. I believe you want to do the thing that seems the most unlikely, Lord. You want to do it for this church. And, Lord, we're hungering for it. And we're praising you for it. And we're thanking you for it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, <clears throat> well I don't know if you know what it's like to deliver your soul and and uh what it feels like when it's when you're done, but that's how your pastor feels tonight. I have done my best to tell the truth. I fear for America. I fear for lost loved ones that are going about their business i ask the holy ghost to wake them up in the middle of the night lord wake them up talk to them jesus don't don't let us go about our business lord we want to put you first in our lives and we thank you all right so i'm 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 uh, delivered of my, of my message, and I would like us to do something else. Uh, we don't need music to do it. I'd like us to just, because uh, I believe that this is the will of God. I, I believe God wants us to talk about it as hard as it is. I I've re- I I've told God, I don't want to preach that. I don't want to preach that. But I believe it's the will of God that we consider what is, what is before us and and uh, be willing, open-minded, and say, well, you know, this could happen that. <laughs> I'm willing, Lord. <laughs> but here's what I want us to do. I believe that because we receive the word of God, I believe that God's going to pour revival out on us. And he's going to save loved ones. He's going to save your families. He's going to bring them back. People that walked away from God 35 years ago, they're going to come walking back. I'd like you to thank God for that, just like it's happening right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, it's not impossible because nothing's impossible. (laughs) Not with you, Lord. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Lord, I thank you for it. Lord, my loved ones, people that are like my own children, people that I love, they're gonna come back. (laughs) They're gonna find it. They're gonna they're gonna make their way. They're gonna quit making excuses. You're going to do what's necessary, and I praise you for it. Hallelujah. Clap your hands one more time. Let's give him praise by clapping our hands unto the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Church, I'm not interested in making a salary i not interested in more things. I'm interested in revival. I'm interested in you and your life. I'm interested in getting a report tonight that a miracle happens for Brother Lucas and the doctors say, We can't explain that. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting God to do it. That's what I want to see. We will take whatever the Lord gives us, but we're expecting great things in the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you what I feel. Oh, hallelujah. Folks, what what's here right now is going to change this city. This is what God's wanting us to be so we can change this city. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Father, keep us tonight. The devil's going to fight and is already fighting. And so I ask God for protection and care. I pray for blessing. Lord, not just money. Money's not what we're asking for. We're asking for blessing from heaven for each one, Lord. And those that are uh, discouraged or desperate, I pray you'll lift them up and show them the light. And keep us and go with us in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. 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 God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and you're dismissed. (laughs) Praise God. God love you.